If you're visiting with us here today, we're excited that you're here, uh, that you chose to join us today. We're, we want to get to know you, and, uh, and, and we will have an opportunity to do that today. I want to just remind everybody about our newcomer's lunch, which will happen right after the second service. And so if you've chosen to be with us in the first service, and, um, and, and you want to come and get to know us and let us get to know you, we'd love to have you as our guest. It might mean you coming back after the second service, but following the second service, we're going to have our newcomer's lunch where we will invite all those that want to be there and participate to come up upstairs into the loft. We'll be down there kind of giving you some directions if, you're, if you look lost. And, but we want to invite you up to the loft to where we can have a great time together, eat some lunch, and just tell you a little bit more about who we are as a faith family. And so that's going to be happening. But I tell you, I'm just so excited about all the great things that God is doing here at Cross Point Church. Over this series that we've been going through for the last eight weeks, we've heard from a lot of people who have given some amazing testimonies of God just doing powerful things in their life. Lynn, is that your phone? <laughs> I'll just go ahead and call you out on that one, but uh, she's going to hate me. But anyway, uh, God is doing incredible things in the life of the church. And speaking of that, I just want to say uh, uh, one area of the church that we've just seen God really doing incredible things is in the children's ministry, in our family ministry, in the lives of so many of the children here at church. And so I just want to uh, also tell you about uh, an opportunity that we have uh, this morning, and that is that we are looking for more volunteers. Our children's ministry is growing, and we're in need of, of more volunteers. And I want to invite you, if you have been considering um, serving in our children's ministry that they will be right after the service there will be several tables where you can go and register for that our staff will be waiting for you there uh, maybe you haven't even considered it uh, but here I am asking you and so maybe you will consider it and, and, and think about at least giving it a try and serving uh, in our remarkable children's ministry and God is doing incredible things in the lives of some really little ones back there during, while we're sitting in here and we can all be a part of that. So I just want to kind of throw that out there as well. This morning, I want to pray for us as we prepare to dive into the message today. Uh, I believe God has given us a really amazing message to just end on uh, as we've walked through this series talking about uh, being set free. And so let's pray, and we'll, we'll uh, dive into the message. As we pray, though, let us remember Texas as well and all that's going on with Hurricane Harvey. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for this day where we can gather together as a faith family. Uh, Father, coming together as, as uh, a body of believers and followers of Christ Jesus who come together and gather together to worship in spirit and truth, who come together to, to spend some moments in prayer together, praying for God, you to continue doing just a great work in our hearts. Lord, as we have seen in these testimonies today, from baptism to just, uh, Lord, how you restored the soul of one of your children. Father, it's just so amazing to, to be a part of something like that and just be a part of seeing you work in amazing ways. Father, this morning, as we prepare to dive into your word, Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this time together as we dive into your word. And, Father, talk about an issue that is, is so important for us to talk about. We love you, Lord. We absolutely praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 
Diedrich Bonhoeffer, that's a name you don't hear all the time, but Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a, was a German pastor and theologian. He was well known for a, a great work of his called The Cost of Discipleship, and, and he wrote a lot of uh, different resources and sermons on, uh, on the biblical understanding of marriage. But he was also known as a pastor who resisted the Nazi regime, and he was very much opposed to Hitler. On January the 15th, 1933, just a few short days before Hitler would take over the, uh, the country of Germany, Diedrich Bonhoeffer got up in the pulpit that morning and he preached a sermon called Overcoming Fear. Overcoming Fear. He had no idea what the the next few weeks would bring. He had no idea what the outcome of all that was happening in, in Germany would be, as did anyone really at, during this time. But what he did know is that there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear among the people whom he was shepherding, whom he was ministering to. And so he preached this, this sermon uh, at a time in their life where they desperately needed to hear how to overcome fear in their life. I want to read you just a very short passage. This was actually his introduction to that message this morning. I want to start by just reading through this with you this morning. His sermon started off like this. He said, the overcoming of fear. That is what we are to proclaim here. The Bible, the gospel, Christ, the church, the faith, all are one great battle cry against fear in the lives of human beings. Fear is somehow or another the arch enemy itself. It crouches in people's hearts. It hollows out their insides until their resistance and strength are spent. And they suddenly break down. Fear grows and eats. Uh, it eats away at all the ties that bind a person to God and to others. And when in a time of need that person reaches for those ties and clings to them, they break the individual, sinks back into himself or herself, helpless and despairing, look at this, while hell rejoices. That's what fear does for us. It's not a healthy thing, is it? Fear is not one of those things that we celebrate. Uh, it's something that affects every single one of us. Sometime or another, we will all face fear. Fear seems to come out of nowhere. Fear seems to come when we're least expected. And fear always seems to hit us head on. It's one of those things that has deep impact in our life when we are suddenly faced with whatever it is that's creating the fear in our life and oftentimes we have uh, we, we feel it so insignificant on how to handle it fear is one of those things that just does not just affect those who are weak instead it affects the strongest of all and, and, and so fear is one of those things that as we think about it, it it becomes one of those things that is so important for us to really grab hold of to really grasp because at, if you've never gone through intense fear in your life you probably just haven't experienced it yet most all of us at some point in our life will experience great amounts of fear 
So how do we handle that? How do we, how do we, what is it that we need to learn from God's word here this morning that would help us in dealing or overcoming fear in our life? Last week we started out by looking at a passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, and we were talking about pride, but there were two verses that we read. I want to sort of use those this morning as a springboard into the message that we're going to be looking at today. So it sort of continues from what we were talking about last week, and it moves into this issue of fear and really talking about that. But in, but in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, it says this. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Now look at verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. And so here we see this, and we, we wrapped up last week's message with this verse 7, casting all of our anxieties, casting all of our fears on Him. Why do we turn to Him? Why is it that we cast all of our fears toward Him? It's because He deeply cares for us. This is the word from God's word here this morning. And so we use this as a springboard to sort of jump into uh, to what we're going to be talking about here in just a moment. But I love, this, I love this verse, casting all your anxieties, not some of them, but all of your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. You know, one of the things that we come to realize and we know is that, that God loved us so much that He would send His Son to die on the cross. We, we know this. This is a, a basic understanding that we have as, as disciples or followers of Christ Jesus and so what we come to learn as we look at the issue of fear is that not only did Jesus come and die on the cross to set us free from our sin and to set us free from death he came that he would set us free from fear would you say that with me this morning would you say this with me this morning that I have I have uh, been released or set free from fear would you say that with me here this morning I have been set free from fear. So let's say that again. I have been set free from fear. How many of you believe that this morning? How many of you believe that you have been set free from fear? We must believe this. We have to believe this because it is the truth of God's Word. And that's what we're going to be diving into and taking a look at here this morning. Let me invite you to open your Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is where we're going to be starting off this morning. This is where we're going to camp out for just a while. But here we see a, a remarkable passage uh, that we're going to be reading. This is the second letter that we have in Scripture that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote to a young man, a young pastor named Timothy. And as you know, Timothy was a young pastor that Paul was discipling. Paul was really a bit of a mentor to him. And, and, and we begin to see right away in this, in this chapter, the first chapter here uh, of 2 Timothy that Paul had a great affection for Timothy. I mean, he wasn't just another guy that he knew. He wasn't just a, a best friend. He had a, a real affection for this young pastor. In fact, in the beginning words of this letter, Paul says, uh, he says, to Timothy, he's writing this letter to him, so he says, to Timothy, my beloved child and so we begin to see that there is a great love that he has for him and what Paul does is he he looks at this young pastor this young Timothy with great affection 
as a father would to a child. And so here we see this, this great connection that the two of them had. And as any good father would do, Paul is teaching his son in the ministry to remain strong in his faith. I mean, he's challenging him to be the kind of person who, who uh, stands strong in his faith and proclaims the truth to the people that he's called to, to teach and minister. And so this is the letter that Paul is writing to Timothy. And this passage that we're going to look at teaches us a lot about what Paul was saying to this young man about how to overcome fear in his life. And so let's look at this together here today. Let me, let me ask you this before we get started. Because I just want to know, how many of you have ever experienced great fear in your life? Raise your hand. Just raise them on up there. Some of you are kind of like this. That's fear, okay? Um, you know, that's not indecisiveness. That's fear of what will people think if I raise my hand. But most of you, that's almost unanimously, we've raised our hand because it's that that's something it's a reality in our life so i don't know about you but i want to learn something here today i want to i want to dive into god's word and and learn something here today so let's let's look at this passage let's let's dive in here and see what he has to say to timothy verse three he says i thank god whom i serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as i remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Look at verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, he says, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Louise and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, it's very important to us that we, that we understand that there is such thing as a healthy fear, okay? In fact, the Bible speaks of really two types of fear, okay? As we begin to explore the Bible as we explore the scriptures we begin to understand that the first type of fear that the Bible talks about is a good fear it's a beneficial fear it's often referred to as fearing God or the fearing uh, the Lord and so oftentimes as we're reading through scripture we see passages that talk about us fearing God now this doesn't mean that we are to be afraid of God that's the last thing that God would want us to be is is always cowering down every time we think of who God is it's not about it's not about being afraid of God but rather it's about having a reverence for God standing in awe of God and so this is a good fear having a, a fear for the Lord is a good thing it's very beneficial for us as believers in Christ Jesus to have this sort of fear for God but it also means that we should have a proper respect for God's wrath and his anger that in other words we should have a, a balanced view of who God is we should have a clear understanding of exactly who God is I want you to look at this though this shows the benefits of of, of really a healthy fear but in Psalm 111 verse 10 it says this and I love this it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom all those who practice it have a good understanding his praise 
endures forever. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. In other words, having this, this very healthy respect toward God's reverence, having a respect toward God's sovereignty, standing in awe. When we are worshiping God on Sunday morning, we stand here in awe of God. When we gather together and we pray together, we are praying to a holy and righteous God. We have the utmost respect for our God. And so that's the fear of the Lord. That's us uh, standing in pure reverence of Him. Every Sunday morning that I get up here and every pastor that is a part of our church would tell you this and most every pastor I've ever known would tell you this that on Sunday morning when you come up on the stage there are butterflies swarming inside okay a lot of people say pastor David how do you do it how do you get up and just speak to all those people well it's, it's obviously the power of the Lord but but I never walk up on this stage without a bit of fear inside just because I want to live my life in a way that is honoring to God. I want to present the gospel in a way that is honoring and brings glory to God. I have this utmost respect for God, and I just want to get it right. It's not about saying words wrong. That's an embarrassment to me. I want to bring God, God the glory. I want God to be glorified in everything I do. And so as I come up on this stage, there's a healthy sense of fear for the Lord. And that always needs to remain. The day I walk up on the stage and there's not butterflies, I'm going to be worried about what's going on in my heart. And so here we see that there is, as we look through the Scripture, that a fear of the Lord means that we have a, a very healthy view of God, a view that can only come, and let me say this, that can only come from knowing Him. And so this morning, before we tackle the other kind of sin, which is what we're really wanting to address here this morning, the kind of sin that is not good, the kind of sin that is not beneficial for us. It's important that we understand the good kind of fear, the healthy fear, the fear of the Lord. Psalm 38, uh, excuse me, 33, 8 says this, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him so not only is fearing the Lord good and beneficial it's also commanded of us as as God's creation to stand in awe of a holy and righteous God now let's dive into the second one here the second kind of fear that we that is not good and not beneficial for all of us and and the one that we really want to take a look at uh, is the kind of fear that we have been set free from it's the kind of fear that we're talking about here in this series called free, being set free from our sin, being set free from death, being set free from all these things that we've been looking at. Last week it was pride. This week it is fear. And so we want to sort of dive into this where, where Paul, writing to this young pastor, he says to him, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, and so this is the kind of fear that we're, we're going to be talking about. Not a fear, an unhealthy fear, an unbiblical fear. God didn't give you that fear, but instead he gave you power and love and self-control. What is the one thing that always seems to be missing in our hearts when there's fear? It's power, isn't it? We feel not power. What do we feel when we're fearful? We feel very weak and vulnerable. 
And so what Paul is writing to this young pastor, and he's basically saying, listen, that's not from God. That fear that you're experiencing, maybe Paul understood that, that Timothy was going through something very specific. Maybe that's what he's addressing in this letter to him. But he's saying, listen, that kind of fear is unhealthy. That kind of fear is not of God because what God gives us instead of that kind of fear is he gives us power. Power to what? To overcome fear. Power to overcome the circumstances. To be able to stand firm when it is needed to stand firm. And so here we begin to see Paul breaking this down for this, this young pastor to understand. Fear is healthy when tied to reverence for God, but it is sinful when it keeps us from being people of faith. I want to show you something here. Let's dive into our text for just a moment. Let, let me show you something that I think is, is really good for us to understand, really, really powerful for us to see here this morning together. Paul says this a little bit further up. Paul says this in verse 5. He says to Timothy, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. You see that? I am reminded of your sincere faith. So before Paul ever addresses fear or the possibility of fear in Timothy's life, he tells him and he encourages him by saying, listen, I'm encouraged by your faith. I see you as a person of faith. Your grandmother was, was a person of faith. You are a person of faith. I see this in you. And that becomes so important as we start to try to understand what fear is all about, this kind of fear that destroys, this kind of fear that is unhealthy for us. Paul is, is saying here that a, that, that a spirit of fear is unhealthy, it's sinful. It, it, it's, the, it's the kind of, 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 of fear that is tied directly to our faith. Faith in who? Faith in God. And so what we begin to realize as we as we dive into this study on, on fear is that when we find ourselves in fear, the reality is we are not trusting God. You see how this can be not very beneficial to us. You see, we are saved by grace through what? Through faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, when we come to Christ, we are basically proclaiming that 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 we have been saved by the grace and mercy and the forgiveness of God. When we come to Christ Jesus, we are claiming to, to be saved by a holy and righteous God who, who, who seeks to, to present to us and to deliver to us this Holy Spirit that dwells within us, offering for us power and love and self-control, those sorts of things. And fear should be diminishing in our life. And so we as believers or followers in Christ Jesus, we are people of, instead of fear, we're people who have the boldness to overcome every circumstance that we may face in our life. The reality is this, as we study this, fear and faith cannot coexist together. Fear and faith cannot coexist together. It's all in vinegar. They're just not the same. And so we begin to realize this as we dive into the text, as we, as we study this together, as we look into the passage here. For us to have the kind of fear is to say, I don't have faith in God. For us to be filled with fears is to say, I don't have faith in God. 
quite honestly, when you dive into examining your life, we begin to realize that oftentimes there's more fear than there is faith. Even in my life, even in, in my life, as I walk out my life with Jesus, there are times in my life where fear seems to be more profound in my heart than the faith that I have in God, the trust that I have for God to deliver me, to carry me through it, to, to stand with me as I walk through the most difficult times of my life. And that's not good. That's not healthy. Because what happens when I fall to fear is I'm basically saying, I can no longer trust God with my circumstances. All throughout the Bible, God is continually telling us, fear not. Why? Because God, God can be trusted. And God wants us to know that He can be trusted. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, we read a, a passage where God says this. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not uh, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so what we see in this text is really remarkable because God is telling us, fear not. He's telling us, don't allow fear to be a part of your life. Don't allow fear to, to ruin your life. Don't allow it to just eat at you and, and wear you down to where hell would, would celebrate the reality that we no longer trust God. And so God, he offers here, and I love this, he offers here in this one verse, he offers us five promises that would help us to understand the need to trust God and to not fear in our life. Look at these with me real fast. He says, fear not, for I am with you. How many of you are thankful this morning that God is with you? That God is with you. That is one of the most uh, just promising promises we could ever receive, isn't it? It's one of the most comforting words of truth that we could even read here this morning is that God is with us, and there is nothing more satisfying, nothing more gracious, nothing more exciting than the reality that God is with us. And so why would we ever fear if God is always with us? He continues on, and he says, I am your God. I know I'm thankful, I, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God is my God. I'm, I'm glad that we worship a living God, a living Savior, and, and, and not one of these other false gods that the world embraces so often. God says, I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you. I don't know about you, but I find that remarkably comforting this morning. As I think about the fears that exist so often in our life, knowing that we can turn to our God who makes these promises to us. He says, fear not, for I am with you. And so where do we, how do we, where do we uh, commonly see fear in our life? How is it that we, you know, how does fear play out in our life? You know, I was sitting here thinking about this, and I came up with 87 reasons that we fear, okay? So I want to give you these, if you're taking notes, it'll It'll take most of the rest of your notebook, okay? No. I, I want to give you just a few, though, because I want you to understand how fear is real in our life, how fear is real in our life. 
So here's the first one I wrote down. I, I put, we often fear when facing difficult circumstances. I know that's broad. I know that's, that's broad. But, but there are things that come up in our life, difficult circumstances, things in our life that we would just we would just proclaim is very difficult. It's a mountain that we have to climb, right? It's a hurdle that we have to jump. There are circumstances in our life, oftentimes unprepared for, that we face, we face head on, and we have to somehow get through these difficult situations. In 1 Kings, there's the story of Elijah the prophet who went to the mountain and he, he, he boldly stood before God, a man of great faith and courage he stood before God and all of Baal's prophets and he cried out for God to send fire and God was faithful and he sent fire and he consumed the altar that Elijah had built and as a result of that all of Baal's prophets were slayed I mean here's a man who was on top of the world here was a man who exhibited such faith in his life of a holy God of a of a strong and mighty God the creator of the heavens and the earth and so here he is just just witnessing God's supernatural power right in front of him but he soon hears word that Jezebel the wife of King Ahab is not happy about this in fact she's put a bounty on his life she's looking to kill him and one of the most amazing things that we see is this great prophet of God this man who had just witnessed God's faith I mean God's supernatural power whose faith should have been strengthened suddenly cower down and run for the hills as he ran for his life this kind of thing happens in our life every day where we come into this place and we worship God and we sing the songs and we, we, we sing the lyrics and we talk about trusting God. We talk about how God is a God who, who helps us to overcome fear in our life and we sing these praises and we, we study this in our scriptures and, and then those difficult circumstances come along. We run for the hills. And all that says to God is God... I can't trust you at this moment in my life. You remember the story in Matthew 8 where Jesus gets in the boat with his disciples? Jesus gets in the boat with his disciples and he says, let's go to the other side. And so it's, it's amazing. You know, Jesus climbs in there. They all climb in there. They start rowing. And what does Jesus do? He goes to sleep, right? He just goes to sleep. I mean, you know, I, I guess he was entitled. I don't know. You know, he, he, he's, he has been working hard, so he, he, he maybe had the first shift to sleep or whatever, but he, he goes to sleep, and the disciples are going, and then suddenly the storm comes up. You remember the story, but the storm comes up, and the waves start to increase, and I'm sure it was lightning and thundering, and, and, uh, and, and so suddenly we see the disciples in the midst of this circumstance begin to lose their faith. And who they were with in the boat, they begin to lose their faith and, and they, they become scared, they become very fearful, they become terrified. And suddenly one of them wakes up and says, Jesus, you gotta wake up, man. We're in dire straits here. We're in some, we're in emergency mode right here. We're about to sink and we're gonna drown. And Jesus stands up and he says, Oh, you of little what? Faith. Why are you scared? Why are you scared? You see why Paul, when writing to Timothy, might say this about his sincere faith, the reality that he has a, a sincere faith, and he challenges him to stand on that faith. 
And there will be times that come in your life where circumstances may cause you to fear. He says, don't fear. Don't be anxious about anything. The Lord God is with you. You know something I often wonder? I wonder, I wonder how big the waves were. I mean, I, I wonder really how big the waves were. You know, for all of us here today, you know, most every circumstance that we sort of stamp as, 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 as critical in our life, I wonder how oftentimes just how critical those circumstances really are. I mean, we know the waves weren't to hurricane proportions because they were still in the boat, you know. I just wonder how, how high they got before they gave in to the waves. We will never know, but let us turn to Jesus. Let us turn to a holy and righteous God when we fear. Let us trust God rather than being fearful of our circumstance. The second thing I want to give you here this morning is this. We often feel fear when dealing with mean-spirited people. Now, I know y'all don't have those in your life, right? I mean, well, maybe not. How many of you ever had to confront or be, or be confronted by a mean-spirited person? Anybody in this room? Okay, the rest of you, they're probably sitting next to you and you don't want to raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Just this week, I was driving home, and, and uh, just yesterday, I was driving home, and and I, I put on my blinker to get in the left lane. And, you know, I looked in the mirror and everything, and the car behind me was, they're way back there. I mean, there's, there's like 10, 10, you know, what do you call it, car lengths before, between the car that I was getting behind and the car that was next in line. So I put my blinker on, I look at them, I can see two passengers, and I move over, and I suddenly see this car speed up. Like, they just couldn't stand the fact that I was getting over in the left lane. And I'm thinking, what's your problem? We've been going the same speed for, you know, a couple of miles. Why is this such an issue? And then they get behind me, and you see the flailing of arms, and, you know, I could hear cussing going down the interstate. No, I, I couldn't hear, but, I mean, you, this person went berserk on me, and I just sat there and wondered, what in the world? And so I just kind of looked in the mirror, and I said, I'm praying for you. <laughs> I'm praying for you. You mean-spirited person, you, you know. I mean, the reality is we, we encounter this all the time, don't we? This, this is something. But you, do you realize how often we are so fearful of other people? We're fearful over whether they're going to like us. We're fearful over whether they're going to accept us. We're fearful over what they may say about us. We just find ourselves so often worried about people in our life. Psalm 56, 11 says this. It says, In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? I mean, what's the worst they could do? And you're thinking, I know, well, they could kill me. Well, then you'd be in paradise, right? You'd be in heaven. You'd be standing in the presence of a holy and righteous God. Why is it that we allow ourselves to be overcome with fear in dealing with other people in our life. Why is it? That's just one example of the 87 that I wrote down for you here this morning. Number three, here's another one. We often fear when we face financial stress. We often fear when we're fa fa uh, facing financial stress. I think finances is one of those things that probably scares us the most in our life. The reality is most people are living paycheck to paycheck and 
and, and just one little hiccup and all of that and, and it just brings so much fear into our hearts and we, we worry and there's anxiety and there's just so much that, that we're dealing with and it's so hard to overcome. I remember years ago when I was learning, I was learning to trust God with my finances. I was talking to a, a good friend of mine and, and we were talking about generosity in the church. We were talking about, about giving in the church and I was beginning to, to share with him, you know, some of the reasons I wasn't giving. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, this was a time when I was learning about generosity and I remember, I remember him saying, David, do you think that maybe your financial difficulties might be tied to the reality that you're not honoring God with your finances. And I looked at him and I said, what? I was sort of offended by this. And he said, I mean, I'm just saying. Don't you hate it when your friends say, just saying. You know, just, just throwing that grenade out there, you know, that it would explode and our relationship would go crazy. And, you know, I'm just lobbing it out there, you know, just throwing this bit of truth out there. I never really thought about that. I immediately started calculating how much me giving to the church would add up to, and I was, I was honestly stunned at what, what I could possibly do to honor God with my finances, and I thought immediately there's no possible way until I started giving, until I started being a person of generosity. You know, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. We often worry about our financial situations while at the same time refusing to honor God with His. That's just a reality in our life. And so often, we find ourselves worrying, being overcome with fear over finances in our life. Number four, this is the last one. We'll wrap it up. We often fear when thinking about our future. We often fear when thinking about our future. A few weeks ago, uh, I ran into a young lady out here in our coffee shop, and I, I started talking to her, and she was telling me about all the exciting things. She was in a very good mood. She was very excited about her future, and and, and, and where things were headed, and it was just so great, you know. And, and, and so I, I was just talking to her, and, and she just had such a great personality. And so anyway, the, ter the topic soon turned to the series we've been going through called Free. And so she was talking about it, a couple others that were standing there. We were just kind of talking about this. And somebody asked a question and said, uh, what are the next two sermons going to be on, Pastor David? And I said, well, pride and fear. And I'm talking about instantaneously, she burst into tears. She went from excited and happy and joyful to suddenly sobbing. And, and I'm like, is, is it pride or is it fear? I, I, didn't, I mean, I'm like, dog, I, I don't even know what to do now. We, we just went, I mean, we just crashed that plane right in the ground. I mean, we were on such a spiritual high, you know, and all of a sudden it just, you know, boom, just blew up. But she said, no, no, that's great. Those tears were really tears of, of joy, I guess, as she began to process. And she said, actually, I'm, I've been saying a lot about, you know, how I'm excited about the future, but I'm obviously very scared to death of the future. So often, we allow fear to come into our life when we begin to consider the future. Matthew 6, 34 
there's a passage that says therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble and the Holy Spirit came rushing in like a wind these are just a few of the things that we fear and maybe this morning for you I haven't touched on the one that most grips you in your life but every one of us in here have to face fears our fears can be troubling they can be hard they can be painful but every one of us must face our fears and my prayer for you this morning as we prepare to close out this message is that that we would realize all of us in this room we would realize that fear is not something that God has extended to us but rather what he has extended to us is power and love and self-control we've been set free from fear because of the work of Christ on the cross We've been set free from fear because of everything that God has done for us. Oswald Chambers, and I'll close with this, but Oswald Chambers once said, the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Let us be people who turn and face the reverence of God in our life. Let us be people who believe that when Jesus went to the cross and Jesus was nailed to the cross and when Jesus died on the cross and when Jesus was taken down from the cross and he was placed in a tomb and when Jesus rose from the grave in three days, let us believe that what God has given us is not only freedom from our sin and freedom from death, but freedom from all these issues that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. And let us believe that God has even delivered us from fear. How many of you believe that God is all-powerful? Amen? That we serve a mighty, awesome God. God is all-powerful. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. We have an awesome God who loves us more than we could ever imagine, who loves His children greater than we could ever even love our own children. We have a mighty God who loves us unconditionally and has given us the greatest gift we could ever hope for in Christ Jesus. And so I pray this morning that as we consider everything that God is and everything that God has done for us, 
that fear would be something that we could walk away from and instead we can begin to trust God with everything we are in just a moment our band's going to come out and they're going to lead us in our final song if if you want to speak to one of our pastors we'll be down front our ministers will be down front here if you want to come and meet with us if you want to come and pray at this altar you come and pray maybe you're going through something right now we're here to help we're here to help we would love to talk with you and help you walk through whatever fear you are facing in life but let us trust in Jesus let us trust in God knowing that he is capable and that he is able